Welcome to Bricks and Brownstones, your source for all things Boston real estate. I'm your host, Alexander Sandman, agent over at Douglas Elliman. And for episode four, a very special guest joining me uh, right from the north end. It's straight from the uh, Butters meeting, hashtag no <laughs> Starbucks. Uh, Melita DePaula, owner of Ride North End and the very new uh, Knockout North End. Boxing studio here in the North End on Salem Street. So, Melina, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you for coming after all of that vivacious energy from the from the meeting. From I'm the still meeting. sweating. Yeah. Oh yeah. No Starbucks on our watch. <laughs> I will say, like, okay, so I like Starbucks, but again, like, I will walk out of the North End for it if I do need to get a strategic, like, specific Starbucks item that you can't get here. But that being said, I really don't want it here. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. So we're live from Knockout North End, your new gym. And the North End is not just a place where you like have your business and you know all that. You're from the North End, born and raised. Yeah, well technically I was born in San Francisco, but yeah. definitely raised. Uh, but also, yeah, my dad was uh, super raised here. My whole family is from here. I know everybody in this neighborhood, like they're my family. You can't walk two feet down the road without seeing 10 people that just say like hi and like looking out for you watching out for you awesome supportive community and nights like tonight when you see like all the people in the community just in droves makes me just so much more motivated to want to just like bring fitness over here absolutely yeah that's like for me so i'm not i'm from framingham which is you know whatever it's like 30 minutes west yeah i know so yeah. and i'm also not italian but <laughs> everybody's sort of you know it's um even to be in a big city it's very much like a small town to be in this enclave of the city and yeah. everybody's sort of like taking me in and you definitely get that vibe when you're here yeah we tried to take you under our wing here at ride i appreciate it. ride slash Slash knockout. Yeah, it's knockout, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, so you're from the North End, and, um, you know, uh, your life story has gotten to the point where you opened this boxing studio, and this is something that I think is sort of like, you know, it's out there about you, it's been in magazines and everything, but, like, from a young age, you were just, like, fighting the boxes. It's fun. You had to fight for your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, uh, this is, like, one of my, like, main FAQs, um... So I had a brain tumor. I was diagnosed when I was five. It is called a pilocytic astrocytoma. It's extremely rare. Okay. Like fucking super rare. Astrocytoma, ironically, I'm into planetary things and astrology and astronomy and all that kind of shit. Um, right. So it was it, cyto- astrocytoma. It's a tumorous mass that is like kind of shaped in the form it's like a star okay the way that it gets at you it has like legs like a star does and it kind of like wraps itself around like the brain of children (laughs) just fucking latches on yeah Yeah, like latches on and then like the star the arms of the star whatever like legit wrap around it and i think that that's kind of like serendipitous in a way because like now i'm into all this kind of like stuff like astral astral things and stuff and crystals uh but it's all full circle. So yeah, so pilocytic gastrocytoma, technically, technically not like brain cancer because it was technically technically benign, um, but because of the rarity of it and because it interwove itself into my brainstem, it was like at, you know just as severe as if it were cancerous um, due to the location. Uh, they were able. To, it was finally. It was building up in there for a while. It was finally diagnosed when I was five. Um, Do you remember? Yeah. This? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I didn't like to, like, play at recess and stuff. Um, kids would, like, play and do sports, and I would kind of just be, like, sitting there, like, a little lazy 
little little lazy little kid. Um, you didn't want to, or like you just didn't feel because I didn't want to. Because like there was things that you feel when you're really sick that you don't realize that you feel shitty because you're so in the situation. So you don't notice how shitty you feel until. Can I swear on this? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, until, I already opened that door. Yeah. Right, until the removal of the thing that's making you feel shitty, right? So yeah. um, I didn't know, but like I was, I was feeling cloudy. I was feeling dizzy. I was having like headaches and all this kind of stuff. Um, I didn't have good balance. I like couldn't walk straight. Um, so I just didn't want to play. I didn't want to do recess activities. I didn't want to do sports, team sports, nothing. Um, and then like it came to a head when it was like completely unbearable one day when I was so sensitive to the light and I was having such a pounding headache and I was seeing like dots um, that my parents like had to take me to the emergency room and they finally did an MRI finally finally and then they saw that it was there so they did an emergency surgery because I was getting severe hydrocephalus which is like due to the pressure on my brain stem um, swelling of the brain okay so that's what it was it's on the brain stem yeah on the brain stem um so it was causing excess brain fluid swelling to like, so your head was like, you know, like ex- in the explosion territory. Um, so they had to like drain that brain fluid. They took out as much of the tumor as they could. Back then, I think that they had to do it with a knife because I don't think that in 1995, they didn't really have like the laser situation. So yeah. you have to scrape off just enough without damaging, you know, tissue because it's in a sensitive area. Um, and then I was moved to Boston Children's Hospital in Boston where I was there for six weeks and they did like more and more surgeries trying to get more and more of the tumor out and all that kind of stuff. Um, I had another surgery when I was 10, another one when I was 14, and another one when I was 19. Okay. And I'm now 28. Yeah. Wow. So how, like, so you said, you know, like finally there was an MRI. How long did this go on until everybody was so worried about you that like it was like a hospital situation? So dude, it's it's so fucked up because my parents kept taking me to the pediatrician being like, this isn't normal. Like I was like throwing up every day and I was like, again, I like just wasn't interacting and I wasn't playing. Yeah. Um, And they were just like, no, it's like just, you know, a growth spurt. It's just like growing up. It's like, it's normal. And like, it totally wasn't. And like legit, like I was in the situation of where I was exorcist child like I said like one day pounding headache I didn't even want to see like my puppy I like didn't want to like get out of bed I was like screaming and like shrieking and yelling and they were just like yeah no this yeah, is just no. like insane like, yeah kids don't do that yeah. yeah no yeah so this has been sort of like this has been something I mean at least until the time you were 19 this is something not that it was like a, fortunately it got to the point where you were able to kind of you know, it wasn't, like, the focus of your life, but it was always there. Yeah, it was always there, but again, when you're so close to the situation, it's kind of just one of those things that just, it just starts to, like, feel normal. Like, I still have a shunt in my, from my head all the way down to my stomach. It's, like, a, it's, like, a plastic implant, like, a tube, and it still drains brain fluid, but, like I said, it's just, like, like, normal. It's just, like, in me. It's, like, part, you know what I mean? My body just kind of, like, enveloped it, and it's just, like, in. Yeah, it's been there for so long. Yeah. Yeah, I guess to adapt to anything. Yeah, so it just it kind of just feels normal to the point where, like, I don't even know what I would be like if I, like, didn't have this situation because I think it just makes you view life in, like, a, a different way. You approach everything from a different angle. Um, and I feel like it just motivates you. Like, it's kind of cliche, but, like, those kinds of, like, traumatic events when you're young, it completely forms, like, how you become. Oh, yeah, because it set you on this whole path that you're on now where you know you have two fitness studios but yeah that was sort of yeah that sparked your journey really right yeah it was the catalyst because I I got really immersed and just like 
you know, just like health stuff in general from a really young age. My parents, when I was right when I was diagnosed, immediately they had me start going to like acupuncturists and like holistic medicinalists and stuff. And again, this was 1995, so it wasn't incredibly common to do these things. Right now, everybody does. It. Now everybody does. Yeah. yeah, I was ahead of the curve over there. At the time, um, yeah, it was like, I, yeah, it was kind so of. So I about. knew medical vocabulary, and I knew, you know, like uh, physiology, and I knew all this kind of stuff, like really again from a young age before before you should ever know any of this stuff right and so it was something that I kind of knew and I was smart at and I was good at because I was living it because I was in it right so then I was kind of like all right so anything little thing I can do to be healthier contributes to me being able to like fight the sickness fight the tumor whatever um you know like the acupuncturist like to a little kid who's like very basic you know sugar feeds the tumor so I was like okay like yeah no sugar like you know what I mean right super super healthy like kids would like have like cake at the birthday party at school and like I couldn't eat it and it was crazy but did that ever make you mad or were you like oh like sugar's bad like it's garbage I was kind of like I was kind of like wow like this sucks like I can't even like eat a popsicle but then I was like it's just the way that it is for me and and you know my parents were just so good at making it seem like normal for me because my well like we all know my dad is a chef he owns restaurants so like he would just cook me like the craziest most delicious things all into like the modifications that I would need so to me I was like wow like I'm lucky that like I have a dad that will do this for me um and so I didn't miss like the bad sugary crazy things that much like at times you know it seems unfair but I was pretty like accepting of the situation yeah yeah and now, well, you know, you're really ahead of the curve because now it's like, you know, everybody knows how bad this stuff is for you, whether or not you have major health problems. Yeah. And it's very trendy to, I don't know, I guess Tom Brady probably in this area really made it trendy to like not eat sugar or dairy or yeah. like any of this crap. So, exactly. and it's like, you know, some people, you know, they'll have kids and they'll just feed them really healthy, like from the jump where they're not exposed to that at all. And I'm kind of jealous, because you know what, like if I didn't know how delicious McDonald's was, I wouldn't want it. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's like a blessing in that way. Like I said, like I think I think that it, it all happened for a reason, and I would have turned out, com- I think I would have turned out completely differently uh, if it weren't for that like big aspect of my life. Like, not that I've never had McDonald's, but like, <laughs> I like french fries. Yeah. Uh, but at the same, so like I do love McDonald's French fries, but like I said, like my dad makes a better burger and it's better meat. Oh yeah. It's grass fed and it's like you know right. what I mean. So I can have an appreciation for that too, especially because I come from a restaurant background. Um, I'm not gonna say that like now I don't eat certain things. Like I have things that I like. I like nerds and I like I love chocolate and all. I just don't overdo it because yeah. I come from a place where I had to be completely without it. So now I'm like totally fine with these things in moderation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so eating healthy and just wanting to live a healthy lifestyle, that kind of led you to, when you were in college, you opened up your juicery, right? Yeah, so that was like way ahead of the curve. So now in Boston, there's, I don't know, countless cold-pressed, fresh-pressed, non-fresh-pressed, centrifugal, whatever, different kinds of juices, uh, different companies, but... I want to say I was 21 or 22 because I was still in college at Emerson. Um, And I really liked Blueprint Cleanse. Blueprint Cleanse was cold-pressed juice from New York. Um, And then, and then, um, yeah, and then I was like, wow, though, there's, like, nothing in Boston. So that's kind of, like, what I've been doing is I, like, identify something that I like that I see a void of 
in my community and then I right. tried to bring it there. So that's what I did. I went balls out. I bought a gigantic cold juice press. I was like, if I'm gonna spend all my bartending money on it and do it <laughs> and like actually do it, I better do it. So right, then I did it up, it. yeah. And I am proud to say, and I still say, I was probably one of the first two cold press juice companies like in Boston. Um, and I, you know, it was extremely labor intensive, but yet so worth it. And I felt great uh, being exposed for the first time to like me actually taking action to, to making people healthier. Um, but then when I opened Ride, which was a whole other endeavor in itself, the whole spin studio, yeah. I, I kind of put the juicing thing on um, the back burner because I'm only one little girl. Uh, and then in the meantime, as I got Ride thriving, all these other juice companies popped up. So I'm at the point right now where like, yes, I value, you know, I, I love cold pressed juice. I, I value that industry, that business. I'm still passionate about it, but there's already so much of it that I feel like right now that's not where my priorities need to lie. I've also had a little bit of a pivot in um, perspective when it comes to like juice cleanses. Okay. Uh, because, you know, in the years since I've had the cold pressed juice company, uh, we used to sell them as just cleanses or as supplemental nutrition. And I'm at the standpoint now, I know so much about nutrition. I know so much about energy systems. I know so much about how your body handles proteins and carbs and fats and sugar and glucose that I don't actually think that juice cleanses are efficacious at all. Okay. Um, but I do still support like cold pressed juice in the terms of like, you know, you're going to supplement your workout with it. You're going to drink one a day just to get your greens in. Totally great. In terms of an actual cleanse, not so much a fan anymore. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I like my thoughts on that. I have a couple thoughts. Like, first of all, I don't know. Um, for me personally, like I hate vegetables. I always <laughs> thought I'd like grow into it. Never did. So to the concept of like, I don't know, just chugging one juice that like maybe I don't even like, but whatever, I'm getting my nutrients for the day. Like I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, you know who, uh, th th this is a shared dislike we have. You know who does like, a, I don't even know if this is true. I read it on like Buzzfeed or whatever, but I could totally believe it. You know who does a master cleanse like once a quarter is Beyonce. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the apple cider vinegar cayenne thing again that's one of those things like apple cider vinegar is great for helping to control blood sugar and just for your digestion and stuff but don't call it a cleanse it has a place it has a purpose but you know don't don't give into the gimmick cleanses sound fucking miserable by the way like, i've done them like ah you it's a placebo effect man because you think that you can sit on your ass all day and maintain all of your other unhealthy behavior, but it's just fine because you're gonna drink six juices a day instead of eating food. I mean, yeah. If it makes you feel better about yourself, but you know, there's a, there's a real way to get results and it's called like, you know, uh, be conscious of your macronutrients, your proteins, carbs, and fats, eat what you need, don't eat more than what you need, and you know, have healthy amounts of daily activity. Yeah. That's it. You yeah. know. Come to ride. Come to KO. Come to ride and come to KO. And yeah. also I can make uh, nutrition recommendations for you because I'm smart at that too. Exactly. So we'll come back to, you know, like where I guess you took this in your adult life. Talk about, uh, you want to talk a little bit about like what was growing up in the North End like? Because like I fell in love with it, you know, as an adult, but like as yeah. a kid, what's that, what's that like? So... <laughs> My dad, uh, I, I am like BFFs with my dad. So yeah. basically, he used to pick me up from high school, which was in Back Bay. Okay. I went to um, Newman Prep, it's on Marlboro Street. 
All right, like most kids who grew up here, did they go to private school or like did they go to the public school or so like what's the deal with a that? A lot of kids went to private school. Like there's not like a ton of my exact age group. Okay. In the North End, like my exact specific age group, a lot of them went to just schools in the suburbs. Um I specifically just went to New Prep just because Frankly, I picked it because it had, like, the most vacation days. <laughs> so, me and my dad were like, yeah. All right. So, uh, so he'd pick me up from school. We would legit, like, drive to the gym. We'd, like, work out together. In the North End or? Um, in uh, Back Bay. Okay. So, we'd work out together at the gym. Then we would, like, go out for, like, Asian food in Chinatown. Or I would eat at uh, one of the restaurants. Or we would just go to Whole Foods and, like, chill and, like, eat salad bar. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... I was more, like, I would hang out with, like, him and his, like, North End friends. Like, we would just, like, walk around. Like, yeah, and me, we grew up here, yeah. Me and a bunch of Italian guys, really. Uh, and because I went to different schools than, like, other kids that were in the neighborhood, like, I didn't really hang out with them as much until I was a little bit older. Um, and then everybody that went to my high school lived in, like, a suburb, so they lived right. in like, Winthrop, but they went somewhere else. So, like, me and my dad were just, like, tight, and I would just be, like, hanging out in the neighborhood and, like, seeing all his friends and hanging out with all his friends, who I still know. Um... And then my mother lives in Western Mass, so I would go there on the weekends um, and hang out with her and just kind of have, like, suburb life for a little bit. Right. Um, but, you know, it was it was very, like, fitness-oriented. It was very school-oriented. Um, I wanted to go to Harvard, so, like, I was super, like, school nerd. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so it was focused uh, and tame, very tame. I did not indulge in any of, like, the behaviors of, like, high school life or, like, any of that crazy shit. Um, I was completely outside of that, and I think, again, like, it has to do with, you know, the kind of things that happened to me when I was younger, um, and it just gives you this, like, insight and this element of being an old soul, and I was just pretty, like, I went to school, I worked out, I hung out with my, my parents, um, hung out in the neighborhood, uh, and that's, like, kind of it, really, and right. then, um, I started working at the restaurants when I was a little bit older, so when I was 18. All right, so you started working at your dad's restaurant. But, yeah, no, I think that's so interesting because it's, like, you know, you grow up in the city, you have the whole world at your fingertips. Like, you go to Chinatown because it's right there. You know, like, you could walk if you really right. wanted to. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. do it today because it's raining, but, yeah. yeah. It's hot in the rain. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, like, the whole world's at your fingertips. And it's interesting you say it's, kept, you know, it's tame because I think people are a little hesitant to, like, raise kids yeah. in a sub, like, in the city because it's, like... You know, they're worried that, like, I don't know, they'll be corrupted by, like, city influences. Oh, and here's Damien right here. Guys, we're recording a podcast. What's up, guys? Are you watching? Yeah, we're on a podcast. Yeah. We're recording right now, yeah. All right, we're going to be in Beatles. All right. We'll swing in. We will. Yeah. We told you. I'll be by. I've been sweating for five hours. Christ. There's some of our peeps right now, y'all. Yeah, that, that's this, this is Damien, Melina's dad, and yeah, some. Yeah, of my dad, Damien uh, Spencer, the owner of Cafe Dello Sport, one of the indigenous Italian cafes that we are defending. One of the authentic Italian cafes, not a Starbucks. Right. A family, you know, that's been a, a family business that's been in the North End for generations. Right. My grandfather, my nono, actually opened the original Dello Sport. No kidding. Was it was it on Hanover? It was on, it was where Carmelina's is now. Oh, okay. That was the original Dello Sport. No kidding. Then they started to lease the space out to Cafe Graffiti. It became Cafe Graffiti. My nono sold the business. Now Dello Sport is diagonally across the street and that's them. Good kid. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, no, so like people are always worried like, oh, I got to go to the suburbs where kids can have space to like roam around. Oh, I shit on like, that. 
all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, like, all right, so I'm from Framingham, and Framingham's not really, like, an affluent place. It's really a mixed bag, so, like, I don't know. And when we were in, like, middle of high school, like, I don't know, we'd, like, drink and, like, play Beirut in people's basements or whatever, but, like, nothing wild that you hear about. And then, you know what? Like, yeah. I started working at a restaurant in Wellesley, and so, like, those kids had money and kind of, like, I don't know, more freedom and, like, more expensive booze, I guess. And they were, like, <laughs> and, and, like, I mean, like, Coke, like, yeah, I don't know, nobody framing like, in high school, like, really did Coke. I mean, like, as, you know, like, I, I don't know, maybe some people did, but it wasn't, like, a thing, you know? And I'm thinking, because these kids, like, because they were all younger than me, so I was, like, a freshman in college, and they were all, like, I mean, like, some of, the, like, one of them had gotten, you know, like, arrested for a DUI, and they were all, like, I mean, like, partying their faces off and, like, doing hard drugs, and I was, like, shit, this is bad, you know? Like, I mean, not, like, bad, but, like, you know, more hardcore than, like, what I was used to, and, yeah, like, you know, like, growing up, people who kind of had resources would want their kids to go to, like, private schools, so they'd be, like, I don't know, I guess they thought they'd have so much more of an advantage, and I, you know, like, seeing that, I'm like, yeah, you know those kids are all, like, doing blow together, right? Like, yeah, that's crazy and insane, because, like, I will so honestly tell you that, like, I don't know if I'm the atypical example of, like, being brought up in legit a cosmopolitan, metropolitan, whatever you want to call it, city, like, yeah. the meat of the city, but... I was not once exposed to any drug unless you want to, like, call alcohol a drug, which, like, I've been exposed to alcohol since I was, like, three, so... Right. Ital- it's an Italian thing. It's yeah. whatever. This is heavily uh, Italian neighborhood. It's part of the culture, but yeah. it's not like everybody's getting trashed. It's like wine is something to be appreciated. Right. And, yeah. And, like, the nuances and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, like, in my upbringing, I was never... I never, like, had, like, a drug situation, really, ever. In fact... <laughs> I was so obstinate against, like, weed until, like, freaking two years ago. Like, I swear to God. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Like, I would rather, like, my kid do that than, like, something else. But seriously, like, that's how much... Yes, you can you can grow up in the city and not become an ingrate. Yeah, no, like, there's great <laughs> schools in the city. And, yeah, like, you know, I mean, in terms of, like, being a little kid and, you know, running around or whatever, there's plenty of parks. Yeah, it's it's the nice balance. It's, it's similarly to San Francisco. It's a nice balance, uh, Boston, between kind of like nature. You have those elements. You have the waterfront, which I love. Yeah. And then like actual kind of city life. I think that's like the number one thing that's so special about our neighborhood. I mean, I you know the like the, the uh, authentic Italian flair, obviously, which always makes me feel like like. I was saying to you when we were walking over here, living here, I feel like we're, like, almost, it's like we're living in the Vatican. It's yeah. so, like, it's something, you know, there's nothing like, even there's a, like, regal essence, too. It's, like, very regal. Absolutely. Because, like, New York has a little Italy, and other cities do, too, but it's not like this. Like, yeah. this is on another level. But, like, being by the water, it's so, I mean, it's the Atlantic Ocean. Now, granted, like, there's days, like, well, I don't know, today was a shitty day, but yesterday, it was, like, very, you know, like, sunny and hot and beautiful, and you look at the ocean, and you're, like, this feels so inviting, even though you know it's so disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> they're working on cleaning it, dude, but I've had legit dreams, like, I have, like, you know, like, recurring dreams? Yeah. I have recurring dreams where I'm just, like, on the waterfront, like, by, like, seaport area. Yeah. And I just, like, jump in. I'm just like, fuck it, I just jump in. Oh, and, like, one day. I long for the day. Oh, yeah, well, I was, uh, so, I was with, uh, my friend Elise, it was the, uh, what is it, the King Tides, where, like, the, the tide, it's, like, the highest of the year, where it's, like, because, you know, at low tide, it's, you, you, you have, like, 
you know, the seawall and it's very low and you can yeah. see like the marsh, but high, like, so with king tides, it's like you can overflowing. Touch it. Yeah. yeah. Like where the aquarium is. And I don't know, this one guy must've had like, I, I think he was like doing it for charity or I don't know what the deal is, but he jumped in and we're walking by and we're like, is this guy really going to jump in this nasty water? And he did it. I yeah. for the day. I was like kind of jealous. So it's because, you know, I mean, it's like, again, it was like coming up to the stone. I'm like, would it really be so bad? <laughs> I can use a nice plunge right now. Myself. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we should do a plunge. We should do a plunge, raise some money for Ride and KO, Cluddy's cookies. Like, we're going to jump in this fucking nasty Atlantic Ocean. I'll do it. Yeah. I'm in. There's minerals in that water. Exactly. Kind of. But yeah, no. So, like, growing up, yeah, like, you're on the waterfront. It's so beautiful. It's so serene. It's so, um, I, you know, like, I don't, I mean, even again, to be an adult, to be here now, to be on the water, I just always feel so lucky that this is the backdrop of my life. I can only imagine growing up yeah, that you know, way. It's nuts. It kind of, like, makes, like, nostalgia worse in a way because. There are very few constants. When you get to the point, like I'm 28 now. Yeah. So when you get to the point that you're 28, right? There are very few things in life that are like a constant. Yeah. Um, as they have been since your youth. Right. So one constant, and again, there's very few, is because I live in a completely different place. My mom's house, she lives in a completely different place. Like my dad lives somewhere. Like it's all, everything is different than it was. Um, except for like on the waterfront, like Atlantic Ave area, yeah. like I started like making that my running route. Not that I don't run a lot anymore, but I started making that my running slash walking route when I was 13. Okay. And it's still the same. So I can like run or walk on that same path and I can just like mentally kind of like get to the place that I was at when I was 14, 15, 17, 18. And it's just like, holy fuck. Like, you know what I mean? There's not that many things in life that you can say that about. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, I walk there every day with my dog. We yeah. always start, like, at Battery Wharf at the hotel. Yeah. And, yeah, just make our way, like, on a good day. Uh, yesterday, we walked all the way to the seaport and back. So nice. Yeah, just to be on the, you know, just on the harbor trail, I guess it is, the harbor walk. Yeah. yeah. It's just so beautiful and, yeah. Boats and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So, I can, yeah, so growing up here was awesome and... The backdrop of your life, again, I know we're, like, so off topic here, but, yeah, so the backdrop of your life was always sort of this health and fitness um, focus, and it started as, uh, you know, like, you really didn't have a choice. You had to do it to, you know, like, combat this rare condition that you had, but because it was something that you knew and grasped, it became a a, a passion for you because you also saw that, you know, it could bring you to this different level of living, and you were kind of ahead of the curve with it. So... You know, you went to Emerson, you started with your juicery, you were a real innovator in your field because there was only one other, you know, like juice press, and then you decided to get into the fitness realm. And here's the thing, like, I think when people think of fitness in Boston, they do not think of the North End, and I think that's such a mistake because there's yeah. so much here. Oh well, my that God. came late. Like, I was the girl when I was in high school, and then when I was in college, so I had the juice thing, but yeah. not, not a spin studio yet. I was a girl that would, like, hike my little ass to the South End to go to a spin class. Right, like, that's where it all was. Once yeah. or twice a day, like every fucking day. Like, yeah. You know, it's like a huge time chunk of your day. 
Um, yeah, no, it gets to the south end if you're not gonna, because like Uber wasn't a thing. Right, Uber like, was yeah. not a thing, right? So right. I would walk legit. Like if my dad wouldn't give me a ride or couldn't give me a ride, I would walk. Because the south end is not like, you know, it's not really, like the south end is great. There's a lot of like, you know, great brownstones and it's like a little more affordable than the back bay, but it's like pretty much untouchable right now. But the thing about the south end, which like my clients, you know, aren't really, you know, like hugely into is that, well, I don't know, like if you live there, I guess you don't like, if you could afford to live in the South End, you probably have a car, but it's really not accessible by the T. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I just, I would make my little way over there. Yeah. Um, and it was like another one of those things like, oh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice if Boston had more like cold pressed juice that I could get? Oh, wouldn't it be nice if Boston had like a spin studio that was like closer to me that I could go to, right? Yeah. So it was just one of those things that like, I was kind of like, okay, I graduated from college. I don't want to go work for a corporation that I have to like work myself up the ladder yeah. based on other people's whim at the hand of other people's control. Fuck that noise, um, yeah. Right. And not only that, but like I don't want to like be in the restaurant business bartending perpetually anymore. You though, grew up around that because your dad yeah. was like, he, you know, Carmelina's is his restaurant, Vito's, he was just in here, they're all going to Vito's. Like, my, whole, my, whole life, later, yeah. my whole life I lived above a restaurant from the time I was two. So, Do you live above Carmelina's? Yes. Okay, uh, on Hanover? Yes, in high school. Wow. <laughs> right. In, in every single apartment unit above Carmelina's at a point or another. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I was like, I don't, you know, like the restaurant business, again, good money, but like people are dicks. When you go yeah. to eat, everybody, PSA, don't be a dick. Be nice. Yeah. Be yeah. Not, yeah. Just, just like, have some manners. If it's not going your way, like, there's a way to stick up for yourself without being a complete asshole. Be empathetic. Yeah. Pretend you were in the restaurant employee's shoes. Anyway. Yeah. So, I was, like, so I was, like, shit, fuck. Like, what do I do, right? Yeah. Uh, so, it was, like, one of those things. It's, like, oh, if I find a spot, if something slaps me in the face, like, oh, five-year plan, I'd love to open a spin studio. But then again, these things come along, and when it's in the North End, and it's a space that's sizable enough to fit your needs, it's like, okay, five-year plan's not a thing. It's like, all right, two-year plan. Like, we're doing it now, yeah. Like, we're doing it now, right. What made, um, what made you, like, love spin? Like, what made you gravitate to that? Yeah, so I hated, I took a couple spin classes, like, at a regular gym where it wasn't, like, the emphasis. So it was just kind of like a, you know, they sprinkle in spin classes at regular gyms just to make it a well-rounded facility whatever include it in your gym membership right yeah like and i off fucking hated it i hated it i hated it uh because it was like boring and it didn't keep me mentally engaged and it was probably like from what i remember like all techno music and like boring beyonce yeah like yeah throw her in there again stereotypical but yeah. well, you know we both know we don't no, we, 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 we don't love beyonce we have a shared dislike of her and her like antics yeah it's the way it is I'm yeah sorry. Um, so yeah, so I didn't love it. And then I went to a boutique fitness a spin studio for the first time when I was like probably 20 or 21. All right. Which one was it? Okay. It was Recycle. <laughs> it was legit the only one in Boston. It was the only, they were, they were the first. Was this in South End? South End. Okay. Recycle South End. South, okay. Uh, and that was the first credit where credit's due, baby. Uh, and yeah, I, I fell in love with it because the music was so immersive and I remember legitimately telling people this. It was the first workout that I did where I sweat at the, on the tops of my hands. Like I had sweat on the tops of my hands. I was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> so, so I fell in love with it and it was just like the ability to escape from your daily life stresses in a dark room where nobody is looking at you 
and you're just 100% in the music and the flow of the bike, that completely took me. It was just like that. Right. And then I was just like, I need one that's closer. Well, first it was, I really want to fucking teach this. That was the first thing. I was like, I so wanted to teach it. And yeah. Noah would let me teach. <laughs> so, so how did you start teaching? Because did you start teaching before you opened this studio? Yeah, so right? I taught at, so I taught at one studio in Woburn. Woburn, all right, because that's like, that's pretty far. Yeah, so my homeboy was teaching Pilates at the studio at the time, so we would kind of like carpool. Okay. And he would teach Pilates and I would teach spin. So that's kind of like how I like got myself a little bit with experience and foot in the door. Um, but obviously it's not like the closest thing. So that yeah, wasn't no, too, Uber's pretty far. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't too long lived because it was just super time consuming. Yeah. Um, and then I started teaching Megaformer at B-Tone. Okay. Shout out to my girl Jody. Um, yeah, what up Jody? Salem Street. I love Jody. Yeah, no, uh, b great and yeah. So B-Tone's been here for a while. Yeah, yeah, so I taught at the B-Tone on um, Newberry Street. Oh, okay, all right. For like two years. How long has this B-Tone been here? The one I think they opened just either a little bit before I opened Ride or a little bit after I opened Ride. So give or take, plus or minus, somewhere around three years. Okay. Yeah. Um, So I taught Megaformer, and then she had the real rider bikes at the time. So they're the bikes with the moving handlebars. Yeah. So I started teaching on the real rider bikes, which are a little bit more difficult to teach on than my regular bikes. Because uh, you can't do as much choreography and stuff because the handlebars are weird. Yeah. No, because um, if you ever, like, anybody who's listening to this, probably all three people, like my mom and Colette and Rosemary. And me, and I'll share it. Yeah. Everybody I know. Yeah, all four people. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, no, for, you know, if you've been to ride, it's not just like you're sitting on the bike and you're riding. No, there's like, you know, there's choreography you're doing. We do you dynamic yeah, fucking exactly. moves. Man. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, so with the real riders, I was restricted a little bit with choreography, but again, in all my gratitude to Jody and this one instructor at B-Tone, Denise, because she was just like, get your ass on a bike, girl, teach this class, and then I just, like, did it, and again, it's, like, it's the whole thing with, like, pushing yourself out of the nest. Yeah. You just gotta push yourself out of the nest. Right. So, truth be told, I was teaching a lot of Megaformer, um, at B-Tone, she got rid of the real rider bikes and put rowing machines. So at that point, I was teaching Megaformer and indoor rowing. All right, so that's pretty hardcore, yeah. Right. Uh, But then when probably for a year and a half to two years before I opened Ride, I had not taught one spin class. Okay, because you would sort of... And then I taught the first spin class in two years on opening night of Ride. At Ride. All right, so what made you want to open a spin studio in the North End? Just because you loved that dynamic and you just wanted to be closer to home yeah so my whole thing was like okay i want to be able to like run to my business in the case of an emergency because i don't drive yeah um so i wanted it to be close and again it's like geographically okay so i think that soul cycles either opened like right before me or right after me i definitely opened ride in a climate where there was plenty of spin studios in the city itself yeah but there was nothing in the north end the closest was probably charlestown um oh yeah i know you're talking about over on um uh oh god uh right by like emac and bolio yeah so and, i was uh, like rsm and yeah si- yeah oh yeah yeah so city, i was like yeah. there's plenty of people in the north end from locals to students that are moving in to whatever yeah uh, that i think like there can be a place for it you know um and so it was yeah so you opened ride you found the location you know the end like on the corner of hanover commercial good spot not a ton of foot traffic 
Uh, but people know that we're there. Some people still don't know that we're there. Um, well, it grew really organically because it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's a thing. Like, everybody loves ride. Yeah, that's, I guess. I, I Sometimes I'm, like, a little bit modest, I guess, or something. No, like, like, I don't realize everybody or, fucking loves ride. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It is true. I guess it's true. So, uh, like, so my stride. How long in my, like, my stride, obviously, they're across the street from ride, and yeah. they're, like, you know, they, like, full confession, shout out to Rebecca and my stride. I'm sorry, I've never come in. I will come in. Oh, my Promise. God, dude. Me too. Yeah. My girl, Rebecca. So, she knows that I love her. Yeah. And I love her treadmills. But, like, I already do so much cardio. Like, I can't do more cardio. Yeah. Like, I cannot. But when I get to the place where maybe I'm not teaching as much, I would definitely like to because she has the most pimp-ass treadmills of all time. So when does she open? She opened, again. like, my spectrum is so blurry. Uh, but I want to say she either opened, like, right before or right after ride. So me, my stride, and V-Tone in the North End are all around kind of the same thing. The same time as ride, yeah. Because that really, I feel like that, like, my stride, V-Tone, and ride... That really started sort of this, like, fitness um, community in the North End that people may not be aware exists, but it does. Like, yeah, it totally, it totally does. does, and it helps just even a little bit to balance out all the restaurants and the pastries and all that good shit. Right, like, if we're just going to be eating, like, pasta and cannolis and pizza and heroes all Gotta the time, which off, I totally y'all. do, so, yeah. So I feel like, I, I don't know, like, I would insult, you know... Uh, Frankie and Pat over at Monica's if I didn't eat their delicious food all the time. So, yeah. you got to do it. I mean, I'm I'm a sushi Japanese food girl just because I've been so in Italian food my whole life. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, like, I can appreciate some, like, good authentic Italian shit. Yeah. So, my stride would be tone and then, you know, ride. What about North End Yoga? Is that, like, how North long has yoga. that been around? I, I kind of... I'm so bad again, but I kind of almost want to say that she was there before any of us. Yeah, it's like I think she was like, there for longer. She has to be at least four, but probably way longer. I'm just like delusional because it's one of those things that I really should do, and a lot of my ride girls do go there, but I just like I lack the time and I lack the discipline to go to yoga. Next time you talk to me, maybe that'll change. Yeah, no, that's like say for me. I figured they've been around for a while because you know, like that location on Hanover Street is like mint. You know, yeah. so they well, had she, to but have she's, she's for a awesome. While. Yeah, she um, she's Sicilian, so I support. So we, yeah, oh totally, yeah. No, for me, like I don't, yeah. Yes. Well, sorry, but we are recording a podcast. We will be open tomorrow morning. Six forty-five. Yeah. You ready to fight? Six forty-five class. Get your gloves, baby. Come on, buddy. Oh yeah. But yeah, no, I like I don't know the whole like shut your mind off for a whole hour. Like I don't think I could do that. So yeah, no. Someday I'll get there, but right now I'm totally not zen enough. If you probably can't tell from my dialogues. <laughs> so what made you want to do the boxing studio? Yeah, damn. Okay, so this is great. Um, my dad, in addition to starting me getting to go to the gym and lifting weights when I was young. Right. Um, so I have a severe, or it was a severe right-sided weakness. Was it because of the tumor? Yeah, so, um, it was probably in the surgery or something like that, or one of the surgeries, but, um, I was always a lefty, so I'm a a lefty. Um, but my right side, I have some, it's still existing, kind of like nerve, nerve damage, tactile damage. Um, at a point I had complete, like, Bell's palsy, which I guess is like, you know numbness on yeah. just 
but just one side. So I could only smile with one my left side. I could only move my left side. Um, and so now obviously I can move my right side again, but, um, and the weight training has brought up my strength, Okay. but I don't have like tactile, I lack like tactile situations. Like I can't do certain things. Like I can't put in an earring, like I can't put in an earring with like a short back because my right hand doesn't like do things as good. Yeah. Overrated, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck the right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, uh, my dad got me a trainer for boxing to come to the house. Okay. Just to try to bring up like the strength. So over on Hanover Street, you're fucking like this, dude. This was when I was wicked young, and this was when I was like probably like eight. Okay. So this is way back. All right, just to build up the strength in your right arm. Yeah, Yeah. and and I really loved it. Um, I really, really, really loved it. But then I, you know, just school, and I was still lifting weights, and I was doing. So then I just kind of like fell out of it. And then when I was just like a lot of years ago now, maybe like five years ago or something. I was like in the neighborhood and my one of my dad's best friends who's basically like my uncle my uncle charlie he is a two-time golden glove winner um he started training with me again in boxing and i picked it right back up and like the passion was like reignited and i love yeah. it and then um i'm really good friends with one of the awesome boston fighters proud to say mark deluca marky deluca holler holler at your boy holla. Holla at your boy. Uh, yeah. and so like he would train me every once in a while and i started to get really into like watching his fights and it's just like so so powerful so inspiring um just such a such a sport but yet such a like a life immersing skill yeah it's 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 far more of like a lifestyle than it really is even like just a sport like there's not really an off season you're always striving you're always working for it you're always finding things that you can improve there's always like little nuances that you know can can just like change your perspective or like change the way you do things and it just translates into life so much um so i just got really into training and 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 getting back into boxing um but, like, I can't fight specifically because of, like, my past with, like, the medical issues. Yeah. Because I can't get in the head, hit in the head, I can't, whatever, whatever. So I can't fight. So that's extremely frustrating when you're, like, training with something and you want to get better and you want to get better. But then you're, like, well, to what end, really? Right. Like, you want to reach the highest level you can, but you know right. that there's a ceiling that exists. It's, yeah. like, it's like, okay, so I'm going to be, like, punching this bag for the rest of my life? Yeah, because I can never fight. I would love to fight. I probably shouldn't fight, and also, they all won't let me fight. All my boys will not let me fight. So, I was like, okay, next best thing, like, what would that be? What would that be? What would that be? And it's like, wow, to, like, open a place where I can help train others, and I can facilitate the training of others, and I can empower others through the sport of boxing. Um, You know what I mean? So, that was kind of, like, the next best thing, and maybe it's just as good, because I don't get my face punched in. (laughs) I don't ruin ruin this mug. Right. Well, realistically, like, you know, I mean, no, like, fighting's awesome, but, like, I don't know, what situation would you, I mean, I guess you could be a boxer, like, I don't know, you go the Ronda Rousey route, I guess, but, like, I've been compared to her in many, uh, many, uh, breath. Is it it the tattoos, or? I don't know what it is. I used to be a little bit insulted, because I thought she was a little thick, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but, like, whatever, I guess I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, no, she's pretty, yeah. whatever. Uh, no, but, like, cool. She's cool. Yeah, no, well, like, you know, like, in what situation you really beating the shit out of somebody, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, like, in ter- like I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are, you know, like, I don't know, this may come off offensive. Sorry to anybody who may listen to this and be <laughs> offended. 
the, the, you know, especially all you millennials out there with your fragile stickers and your bubble wrap. But no, there's probably a bunch of people who deserve to get punched in the face. Right. But like, you know, you're like, well, yeah. society is such that you can't just punch people in the face. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I would love an excuse to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like this was the next best thing, but um, like in addition to that, it was also about kind of like what the catalyst is for all of the things that I kind of do or all of my enterprises, which is that um, truth be told, there was not a boxing class in the city that I fucking liked. There was not. Yeah, so I no, had let's to bring talk it. about that. Like, what's in the city? All right, so there's Title, which is like a franchise. And here's the thing: like, what struck I think probably everybody I know about your, you know, your gym knockout is that all of the instructors are legit fighters. Because like Title, you know, like again, I'm not gonna hate on Title. Uh, you know, there's a there's a time and place for it, but the instructors are, you know, at least, I mean, I can't speak in broad strokes about every title ever, but every title I've ever been to, the instructors aren't like, you know, they're fitness instructors. They're not, you know, right. actual boxers. Well, so yeah, like, whatever. I fall into that category. I'm a fitness instructor, but I was trained by these legit guys, so... You would do... And you have health reasons that are holding you back. You right. Know, there's not a real, like, I don't know, there's not a huge, like, female boxing circuit, yeah. I guess, but, like, yeah. It's a PSA, guys, though, but if I could fight, I would be fighting. Yeah. Um, you probably crush it, like... Yeah. yeah. They, so they tell me. My Uncle Charlie says, like, all the lady fighters out there should be grateful that I am not... I'm not running amok out there to fight because I would dominate. But... But, 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 yeah, so I think, like, all of my instructors, except for one and except for myself, are or were actual, like, functioning, practicing fighters, Um, which is great because, like, the people that want to just get a sweat in and get a workout can get a sweat and can get a workout, but the people that want to tweak and focus more on form and want to actually learn something, that's absolutely here for them, too, so if they want it, they can also get it. Yeah. Um, but the other thing too is I like to also create an ambiance within my studios. It's like, okay, so we're in like fluorescent white and yellow lighting all day. So when you come to a fitness class, why don't you want it to be a sanctuary? Why don't you want it to have beautiful, dim, flattering light and like beautiful energy and just like a vibe that you can like escape into? Um, and so that's another thing that I wanted to create. Yeah, and you have. No, because we're, um, again, I think I said it before, this podcast is coming to you live from the Knockout studio, and it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Right now we have the big lights on too, but when you shut off the big light, it's just all dim, dim red, flattering, everybody looks sexy, muscles be popping. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a place that you step into and you, you know, like, forget about your problems. Because for me, you know, I would go to ride, uh, I think, when I was still working uh, in the finance world at Bank of America. And you know, that was stressful. I think, well, I don't know, it was like a chicken or egg situation. Was I not good at it because I didn't like it? Or was I, did I not like it because I wasn't good at it? But I, when, I w- when I went to ride, and it was just me and the bike and my, you know, weights, it like, didn't really matter. And then when you walk in here, you know, you just let everything else go. Because even, like, you know, I don't know, real estate, like, it's a different kind of stress. It's very, uh, I'm sure you relate to this, too. It's very rewarding to work for yourself, but obviously the stakes are higher. Yeah. So, yeah, to, like, have a moment in time where you can forget about it, especially in the morning when that sets the tone for the rest of your day, you know? Well, I'm not a morning girl. No, yeah, you are not a morning person. Yeah. But, like, especially for entrepreneurs, I think that, like, 
you're with yourself you're always with yourself 24 7 and you're always talking at yourself or to yourself 24 7 so when you can get into a workout class that kind of like separates you from that internal dialogue without like separating you from the internal dialogue too much yeah like you found the gold because you're always going to be stuck with yourself right yeah but if you can get into a place that lets like another part of you flow out or allows you to get into like a different zone of your thinking then like that's what you want that's the thing no you're so right though because yeah usually i mean like i don't know not that i'm really you know if uh i'm sure you saw it it was on like i don't know it was like fuck jerry or one of those like instagram accounts where it was like i don't know if you ever think that you're dumb uh i knew a girl when i grew up who had to go to therapy because she heard voices inside of her head. It was like her own inner dialogue. Like for 14 years, she walked the earth and didn't think that anybody else like had a brain or thought. But no, like, you know, like the voice inside of your head is usually yours. And like, I don't know, you know, like I think everybody kind of like has enough of that for a while. But you know, like when you go to a class and it's good, it's this person. And you know, like for 45 minutes to let that happen is you know, it's very, uh, therapeutic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You just let that go. You're like, Oh, this is so relaxing. Right. It's relaxing to be out of your head or in your head. Some people are going to be in their head when they take a class, but they'll have these innovative thoughts that seem almost like they're channeled. And some people will completely be out of their head and just in the present moment, but either way it works. Yeah. Like for me, when I come to the classes, it's like, I can tell where I am in my life and if I'm like in a good place or not, if I really like, if I can't let go and just like, you know, like, I don't know, sort of just, like, surrender myself to the moment. I was moment. just going to say the S word, surrender. Surrender, yeah, Taking exactly. Taking a fitness yeah. class a lot of the time, yeah, you should be able to 100% completely surrender. If you cannot surrender in any other time of your day, which I cannot, yeah, that should be the time and the place. Oh, yeah, so when I can't, I know it's like, oh, okay, like, this is not, like, all right, this is kind of a stressful time in my life, but you know what, like, still, at least I'm here, I'm moving, I'm working out, you right. know, so you'll always yeah. benefit, it's just up to you how far you take that benefit and how deeply you take that benefit. Yeah, no, totally. Like, for me, I, something, you know, what this made me think of is, uh, like, when I was in high school, I played field hockey, and my coach was, uh, like, I don't know, shout out to Soa, appreciate everything you did in my life, she's a screamer, she's a yeller, and... You know, like being a kid I don't know like it like it can be hard to be a high school girl I guess and you have a lot of anxiety about all kinds of stuff and then trying to like live up to the expectations of the people around you and so like my inner dialogue like I don't know I guess it's pretty like now trying to do what I do it's a lot but like that's nothing compared to what it was then like I don't know, that's really hard I feel like I don't know I, I like you see all these movies or like pop culture, like I don't know, Thirteen Reasons Why, you know, like tailored oh, to like yeah, my jam, yeah, like high school kids, and you're like shit, like I feel bad because like you could not pay me to do that again, um, but yes, yeah, so that inner monologue was so like it was so bad that I like preferred being screamed at by my field hockey coach because at least it wasn't me screaming at myself. Right, that's like one. It's like a tool that we like never learn, right? Like, if you can change one thing, it's, like, if you can change your inner dialogue or the things that you tell yourself, that would be just such an instant life change and improvement, but that's just something that nobody ever teaches us. Yeah. No, for sure. I, like, 
Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know, I'm 31. It took a while, like, it took a really long time to do that. And even still, like, I don't do that every single day. You know, like, I don't know if I can do that, like, like I don't know, three out of seven days. Like, that's a good week. You have to be aware. But right. that's another thing, too. Like, you have to be aware. You have to be reminded. You have to remind yourself. Hopefully, when you go to a class, something that some, the instructor says reminds you of that. Um, but it's it's just it's an important and undervalued like I guess like technique or like life skill that we just don't learn and I still fuck it up I say negative things to myself like all the time yeah yeah oh yeah no me too like I don't know I'm gonna go showing and I'm wearing these clothes I'm like you're fucking serious you look yeah. like an idiot. oh I've given like, up on yeah. appearance completely I've completely <laughs> given up on appearance <laughs> well, you're like, you know, because, like, you get to, you know, you get to go to the gym and, you know, you can wear your athletic clothes. And, oh, yeah. I mean, look, because you're, you know, you're pretty jacked. And you what you tattoos, get. So, yeah. The tattoos help. The tattoos are, like, permanent makeup, and so then you don't really have to try. But they're expensive, man. <laughs> so where do the tattoos fit in your journey? Because, you know what, here's the thing. Like, anytime somebody interviews you, Great it's like... Cue. Yeah, no, because it's like... I feel like anytime I read something about you in, like, I don't know, what is it, like, Boston Magazine or whatever, it's like, so I walk into Melina DePaula's gym, the first thing I notice is that she's tatted. Like, yeah. Well, cool. I guess that's good. It helps people remember me, because, like, which means I guess I have to have, like, less of a good personality, because you can just remember me from my tattoos. (laughs) Just draw it on your arms. Just get away with it. Yeah. Um, So, it's another one of those things just like just like with like I was like oh my god I was completely against like people who smoke weed or like smoking weed like up until like a year ago or two years ago same thing with like the shift in paradigm with my tattoos initially for a really long time I was like why would you ever do that to yourself oh my god that's gonna be on you for life oh my god like telling my mother yeah oh yeah I, I was straight up like mom um I was so not into it and then I don't know if it was just like a combination of me being like wow like I have so many scars on my body that were not by choice and that were not self-inflicted or it was just like wow like just kind of like a revelation or like an epiphany um but I started with just like script writing only so at one point I went from oh my god no tattoos are the devil to oh you know what like if you get like writing if you get like poetry that's fine because I majored in poetry okay they major in poetry, so... And now you own two fitness studios. Right, so yeah. my, my first few were just, like, li- literally, like, pieces of poetry, like, from some of my favorite poets. One of them, the, um, the room is empty and the window's open. That was my first one. It's on my rib. Uh, it's by Charles Simic, okay. who is a Soviet poet. Uh, so I was, like, writing only, writing only, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to have only writing all over my body, only writing, right? And then it's like, okay, there's like little gateways. And I was like, oh, I kind of want a Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, how can I make it Since you were born, yeah. Right, so so everything just kind of built up upon itself. And now it's like almost everything goes, except like I don't, I won't do green. Because um, green like looks gross on your skin after a while. Um, and I won't do certain colors, but I'm pretty much just like black and red now. Okay. Um, and like I said, it's like, okay, so my thing is like, I have so many scars from like shitty things. Right, like from brain the, tumors. Yeah, the surgery. Why, yeah. why can't I decide what kind of permanent scars I want, and why can't I make them like pretty? Yeah, you know. Um, so they all have meaning. Um, they're all super important. I regret none of them. Even even if some of them are better work than other ones, because I kind of upgraded my artists after a while. Right. I do not regret any of them. 
All that I regret is that shit. I wish I had more room on my body. Yeah, you wish you were like taller. I wish I had more surface area. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so like, cause, I, like you know, you'll post pictures of yourself sometime from like. 2011, and you're like, oh, I had, like, no tattoos. So, like, when you open the studio, did that no kind of, like, tats. open the, floodgate, the floodgates to, like, the tattoos? Or? Well, I was like, yeah, it kind of did. So I had some. I had a few. I had my spine, and I had my ribs, and I had uh, this one on my forearm before I opened the studio. Um, but after that, I was like, well, it's all fucking fitness from here and I'm never going to have to get a corporate job so or I hope I never have to get a corporate job so I didn't have to restrict myself um and then it was just more about like yeah I feel like fitness and tattoos somewhat go hand in hand because if you get a good artist they contour to the contour to the body contour to the muscle um help highlight I think they just look like cooler pictures and like I said it does cater to the fitness lifestyle because when you're okay so, like, let's face it. Let's not beat around the bush. Like, my hair is always a fucking mess. Like, okay, I wear mascara well, sometimes. I mean, it's always up because you're always, like, riding your bus. Yeah, so yeah. my hair is always a fucking mess. So, everybody, you can know that. Maybe, I don't know, look me up on Facebook. Um, hair is always a fucking mess. <laughs> at Melina Ride, check out my hair. I'm always sweating. At Melina Ride, at Maluhu7. I'm always sweating. My hair is always a mess. I'm always in fitness clothes. So, again, like, what's, like, the roll out of bed? Fucking, I can kind of look a little better. And, like, yeah, it's tattoos. Let's face it. Yep. <laughs> so, on your, on your, what's this, your left hand says ride. So, when do you get the KO one? Oh, so, actually, the KO logo is this bat, kind of. Ooh, so it's there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a bat on my side rib. So, that was actually before I even knew I was opening here. It's just a bat by uh, the artist David Cho. Okay. And I loved the bat. And then it evolved to become the logo for, <laughs> for Knockout. Yeah. So. No, it's pretty sweet. So, if you had to open a third studio, I'm sure that's so, like, whatever. You just open this one. And you're like, fuck, I would not do another one. But if you, if you were going to open a third one in the North End, what do you think we don't have that we should have? Well, does it have to be a fitness studio? No. Crystal store. Crystal store. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal slash, like, metaphysical slash, like, spiritual store because I am certified in Reiki and crystal healing, and I'm hopefully going to do my level two Reiki this summer, and I'm super into, like, crystal healing and energy and stones and, like, all the chakra systems and how all the crystals correspond with every chakra. Yeah. And opening up energy pathways and using them as a tool for manifestation and all that kind of shit. And I also think that that's somewhat uncharted territory in Boston, which is, again, my forte. So. Oh, for sure. No, because you know, here's the thing about all that. I think maybe even, like, ten years ago, definitely, even as recently as five years ago, people have been like, oh, like, well, fuck all that hippie shit now. I feel like that and fitness go hand in hand because totally if, you're not, if you're not right mentally, uh, whatever you do physically, I mean, I guess it – it matters, but not as much. Well, everything is, everything is symbiotic, you know, and everything is psychosomatic, right? So, like, if your head's not right, if your spirit's not right, if mentally you're not right, you're not going to be able to harness, like, the physical results that you're after. And I've been researching that and learning more and more about it. But, like, working out is a sympathetic body state. Sympathetic meaning fight or flight, right? Like, right. when you're working out, you're being chased by a bear. Like, your body doesn't know, Right. So then you always have to equal that out. And again, I'm not saying I do this because everybody that knows me is going to be like, you're full of shit. (laughs) I'm not saying that I do this. But all the sympathetic things that you do, 
needs to be balanced with an equal or greater amount of parasympathetic. And what okay. is parasympathetic? It's calming down your breathing. It's slowing your heart rate. It's foam rolling. It's soothing your system. It's engaging in meditation. It's any of those other things that like counter the fight or flight that we induce by exercising. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of wild because, like, I don't know, I guess, you know, thousands of years ago, you really were being chased by bears. Now, like, you know, that's never really going to happen in life. So, right. like, simulated is, yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. And then your even, body doesn't know. And then even to, like, evolve to the point where you are, like, foam rolling, I, I feel like, I don't know, there's all this controversy, like, I don't know, Tom Brady's trainer isn't allowed on the sidelines anymore. Like, who knows what's really even happening with that. But, you know, they're all about recovering. And the old school football guys are like, oh, well, you know, that's for pussies or, like, you know, whatever. So. Foam rolling is fucking, fucking hurts, dude. Yeah. No, it totally does. <laughs> it hurts so good, though. It hurts so good. Yeah. I know. Like right. spin. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, I think that's all I got. So yeah, thank you for being here. Absolutely. All right, so Melina, where can super fucking fun. This was super Shit. fun. We'll have you on again. Uh, yeah. And by we, like, oh no, I mean, like, it's just me. There's not a we. Like, I love this. Yeah. I will do it all the time. Let's fucking do it. When uh, I have a podcast, I'll put you on it too. Sweet. All right, so where can we find you, like, on social media? Yeah, guys. So I don't know if I'm searchable on Facebook. If I am, you can friend me. Uh, Melina Olivia De Paula. Check out all the tats. Oh, yeah, super Italian. Melina Olivia Di Paola. Instagram. I love Instagram. My easier one is my fitness and tattoo one. At Melina Ride. M E L I N A R I D E. One word, like Instagram is. Melina my gyms. At Ride North End on Instagram. At Knockout North End on Instagram. Yeah, hit me up. Look at the tattoos. Look at the fitness. DM me. Come to a class. You better. Fight yes. or flight, bitches. Get fit. All right. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being here, Melina. All right. Uh, Ciao, everybody.